Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back to Deconstructive Criticism. I am Aaron Flam and today we're going to talk to Dr. David Eberhardt. David is Chief Physician of Psychiatry at one of the biggest hospitals in Sweden and he is also something as unusual in Sweden as a public intellectual. Those are my words, not his. Besides being a doctor and a father of too many children for me to count, he's also an author and he has written on what English speakers call helicopter parenting and he debuted by diagnosing Sweden with addiction to safety. Calling it back in those days a national panic syndrome, what God Saad would in some instances term mass Münchhausen hysteria, by noting the mass hysteria that would break out in the Swedish collective about rather mundane everyday risks. David is, in other words, an expert on ills of culture. He's also one of the people who alerted me to the Google Trends statistic of the Me Too campaign's impact on Sweden. But today we're going to talk about the Royal Society's book of the year, Cordelia Fine's Testosterone Rex, a book that argues that Bateman's principle was biased and that culture shaped us to a much higher degree than genetics or hormones. David and I charged each other late last summer to read the book and record a conversation about it. After all, it is quite extraordinary that the Royal Society awards a science book prize to a book that is against science. And we recorded this episode before me too, which made me put it a bit on hold. And then there were the demonstrations and attacks against Jews in Malmö, Gothenburg and Stockholm, and so it was delayed even further. But now, finally, it is time. I want to apologize beforehand if you find mine or David's English to be subpar. In that case, please blame me. I thought it important to record this conversation in English, even though we both have Swedish as our native tongue, for the simple reason that Cordelia Fine's book was written in English. We read it in English, and the subject concerns more than just us Swedes. And since David is a medical doctor with some experience in the field of biology, and a psychiatrist with some insight into the mind, I thought it important that his voice be heard. Personally, I'm not a scientist, and where I and David disagree here is on language. He finds Cordelia Fine's book rhetorically brilliant. I do not. Maybe it's because, as a comedian, I'm fairly used to using words as sleight of hand. And that's my biggest problem with her book. But before we go on, I'd like to thank you for being a Patreon, swishing me at 076 or donating bitcoins to the address written below in the description to this episode. Thank you. Your contribution is appreciated and put to good use. Maybe not in this case, since some of your money went to Cordelia Fine's attempt at denying the heliocentric worldview, as if though she's Pope in a female version of the Catholic Church. But what I'm trying to say is that I had to use some of your money to actually pay for her book. But if that is what it takes for people to realize they are being flim-flammed, then so be it. In conclusion, I thank you, and I am sure that Cordelia Fine is even more grateful. And so, let's listen to me and David discuss it as best we can. Enjoy. So, welcome mm-hmm. back to Deconstructive Criticism, David Eberhardt. Thank you. Is that how I pronounce it in English? I don't know. I, I suppose so. Because we've podcasted Eb- before. Eberhard, maybe. Eberhard. Maybe Eberhard. Both sounds equally cool or, yeah. or and strange. Uh, but we've podcasted before. Uh, yeah, several times. Yes. Uh, normally we do it in Swedish. Yes. But now it uh, seems our uh, podcast will be having maybe uh, international implications. So uh, we decided to do it in English instead. Uh, we'll try anyway. <laughs> yes. See, it depends on my English, though. Because uh, I uh, I gave you an assignment, uh, or we gave each other an assignment, to read uh, Cordelia Fine's Testosterone Rex. 
Yes. Named Book of the Year by the Royal Society of England, founded in 1660 by some of the most, you know, prestigious yeah, like scientists in Isaac the world. Isaac Newton yes. was a member of the Royal Society. Charles Darwin was a member. Uh, several great scientists. Yes. And now the revolutionary Cordelia Fine. Yeah. Yes. It is <laughs> amazing. The book is called Testosterone Rex, Unmaking the Myths of Our Gendered Minds by Cordelia Fine. And uh, so I think the judge's uh, motivation for naming it Book of the Year uh, is, and I quote, every man and woman should read this book on gender bias. Testosterone Rex is an important yet wickedly witty book about a 21st century which touches on the current debates around identity and turns everything on its head. Pressingly contemporary, it's the ideal companion read to sit alongside The Handmaid's Tale and The Power. I haven't heard of The Power, but The Handmaid's Tale, I've, I, watched, I watched the show, and it has certain political leanings, one might say. Yeah, you could, <laughs> you could do that. Yes, yeah. but you've but read the book now. I read the, the book, yes, and uh, I must say... Uh, and your background is actually from a STEM field. I mean, you're a yeah, psychiatrist. I'm, I'm a psychiatrist for the international listeners. They don't know I'm a psychiatrist and uh, uh, I work as the head of staff as a senior consultant at the open board clinic in Stockholm. And I used to be the head of staff of the Stockholm County Psychiatric Emergency Ward. So I'm, and I've been working with psychiatry for, I don't know, 20 years. All right. Like so we can see this as sort of the admittance hearing of Cordelia Fine to your clinic. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> The Guardian, they wrote a, a raving review of yeah. this book. Uh, yeah. They said this is uh, uh, this proves uh, with evidence that inequality of the sexes in society is purely cultural and not yeah. natural. Yeah, they, they, uh, they, uh, they obviously um, believe in what Cordelia Fine writes and I, I don't really blame them because they have no prior knowledge of of biology and uh, if you don't have that and you read this book it's it's really well written it's it's witty like they like they wrote it's it's fun uh, and she is rhetorically brilliant i would say uh, so it should have a prize, but definitely not a prize from the Royal Society. It should have a prize in journalism or propaganda. Propaganda. A propaganda prize. I would totally say this is a, uh, the book to choose if you if you have a propaganda prize, because the the problem with the book is that uh, she chooses a lot of uh, she she she. Uh, I don't I don't know if we should say uh, I think personally my personal uh, where I would like to start is to say that she starts all, almost every chapter with a personal ac anecdote of how she sexually oppresses her children <laughs> uh, yeah, trying yeah. to form them into sociopaths yeah, and, and then and exclaiming some sort of uh, joy every time yeah. she closes in on success yeah <laughs> uh, you, you could say that but but but, but for me, when when I uh, read the book, it's 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 very obvious that she takes the most sort of it's a straw. She, she builds she, up a straw she man. She builds up a straw man in every chapter. She says the bio, the the sort of uh, what do you say the the ones that are always uh, uh, the 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 defenders of what she calls testosterone rex is the sort of testosterone is the, the, yeah, the only of, deciding factor the only deciding factor and nobody believes that testosterone is the only deciding factor that's that that's a straw straw man argument yes, but, to say but people i mean especially biologists they do believe that uh, testosterone is one of the key factors testosterone I mean, is a really uh, really important factor but it's not the only factor and no there's no uh, biologist or no uh, scientist that says that testosterone is the is is the reason why 
there are different the only reason why there are differences between men and women uh, so when she always she, she starts with this all the time and oh so we saw this was wrong because men may be different in different cultures and if you if you look at the, the evidence from that you have a lot of researchers uh, brilliantly put in in the blank sl- blank slate by Steven Pinker or in uh, nurture assumption by Judith Harris have have written about sex differences and and why we turn out the way we turn out you can say it's really obvious that around 50% of what makes us uh, our traits uh, it's defined in uh, in about 50% that's genetics and about 50% it's environmental factors but around 40% of those environmental factors are due to unknown factors it is culture co- could, culture could be one of them and culture is one of them i would say but we don't know the impact of it but it has an impact and that what she says in this book with um, how many pages is it? It's around 200, Two, 200 two, pages. 200 plus pages. And what she says is that, yeah, we know that culture has an impact, so testosterone rex is wrong. That's the only thing she says over and over and over again. But that is, that is obvious. Yes. Every, everybody knows this from the beginning. Yes, but that's not all she does. Cause she, no, she does a lot more than that. She constantly says something that we all can agree with, that sex yeah. or biology is not the only thing deciding your personality, for instance. Yeah. I don't believe that, you don't no, believe no, that. Nobody, nobody, believe, nobody believes that. Nobody believes that. And then she jumps to the conclusion that because biology is not the only deciding factor... There's no biology there's involved. No, yes, there's no biology involved. And already in like the first... Like in the introduction, page 21, she accuses the scientists that I haven't really uh, heard of before, Stoet, uh, that he emphasizes that people should be free to make counter-stereotypical career choices. But he said most people will still you know, be slaves under their biology to the extent that they sometimes choose more stereotypical career choices, right? Yeah. So he doesn't disagree with her. But no. she, she takes his argument and then she claims that he wants, you know, everyone to be different and all the toys in the stores for boys and girls to be absolutely different. And then she comes to her conclusion on page 21, at least in the digital version that I bought, and I quote, but if the sexes are essentially different, then equality of opportunity will never lead to equality of outcome. So she's not really interested in equality of opportunity. We already have that in society. Yeah. She's interested in making society from individual to individual, regardless of sex, sexuality, and other preferences, completely the same. The same. Yeah. And that, that's that's what she said. That, that's what this book is all about. And what 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 she does is by saying that there are no differences from the beginning. There's no biological difference. So we could we could just as well do like this. We could just as well try to have that as a goal. Yeah. But uh, and then she then she she has a lot of research that which she she uh, goes. Uh, yeah, writes about a lot of research, uh, and she she always says that okay, there are some small differences between men and women, which is obviously the case. The, the differences on a population, like you and I know, and we've discussed before, we are all individuals. But what what you have to uh, remember is when you compare the sexes you will find a lot of men that are more female than a lot of women and a lot of women that are more male than... Yes, men that are more female. Men that are more female than women and you have a lot of women that are more male than men. So that you will always find. So you have groups, but the groups don't totally overlap, but they do overlap. And this is nothing new. This is what every researcher knows but you you still can find on a group level differences and you find those differences what she uh, the only thing that she agrees on is that there are differences when it comes to genitals yeah which is obvious she can't she can't <laughs> she can't obviously say something else but 
And then she says, well, it, when it comes to the brain and, and, and how it's, uh, the, the, the sex hormones, uh, change the brains that, well, that's, that's a totally different story because you have some people that, that are more female among men. Yes. Which is, which is fine. It has, it's, it's not a valid, valid argument against the testosterone. Uh, Rex, hypos- uh, the testosterone Rex, as she no. calls it. But that's another mistake she constantly seems to make. Is she jumps? She doesn't seem to be able to understand that even if culture is affecting the individual, uh, culture also comes from individuals. Yeah. So our bi- biology determines culture of as course, much uh, as culture yes, determines yes, biology. Yeah, and that's one of the, the what you see in. in all cultures you have the same and uh, of, actually she says in some parts here that you have different cultures you have some cultures where you are more chauvinist, male chauvinistic than others and that is also obvious but still even in the cultures where and, and she finds you know she looks around with a looking glass to find one culture where there is sort of uh, different uh, where the circumstances where the of cir- environment uh, uh, are, are so to- di- are so different that they actually yeah. affect uh, like the natural order of yeah. human yeah. Gen- but, genomics. Yeah, and and, and uh, there's this blogger called Ye- he, he calls himself Yeo. He, he he wrote a really good blog post about this, uh, 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 which is called. Uh, I'll see if I find. It's called. Uh, why sexual selection matters and why Cordelia Fine is wrong. And, and uh, he has a lot of, um, she talks a lot about the Bateman's principle. I don't know if you're familiar with Bateman's principle. Yes, the fruit fly guy. Yeah, the fruit fly guy. Uh, and, and she says... Uh, Maybe I should explain to the listeners. Yeah, so there was this guy back in the 40s who had... He was some sort of scientist, or at least he used that as an excuse because he had this huge fetish for how fruit flies mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he wants to see them have sex with each other. So, and he wants to test variance between the sexes, how much uh, males mate uh, versus how much female mate. Yeah. And what he came... He came to the conclusion that it is more economically sound for males to try to mate with as many females as possible in order to maximize their chances of begetting offspring. Yeah. While women are more, have the more economically sound strategy for them is to be choosier. Yeah. That is to wait until an appropriate male approaches them. Yeah. And then she will decide if she wants to bear his offspring or not. And, and this is interesting because she, she has a, she writes a lot about Bateman's principle and, and really Bateman, he had some experiments uh, uh, that he did not publish according to Cordelia Fine, which uh, if he had published those, it would be in a totally different uh, story. Yes. Uh, she accuses his work of being biased, unsci- biased uh, and unscientific. Yeah, unscientific, which is really, uh, <laughs> I would say she has not. She has nothing. She has no case doing that in the first place. But the second thing about it is that Bateman's principle, which she doesn't write about in the book, it's replicated hundreds in all species, nearly all species. But she in writes the in the book that it isn't replicated. No, she, she writes that it is not replicated. But this is totally false. Bateman's principle is replicated in hundreds of species so this is that's what she bases the whole book on. yeah she tries to tear down the bateman she, principle she, she tears down the or she thinks she tears down the bateman principle and she says okay bateman's principle is not valid so th- that's why i say testosterone rex is not valid but how can it then be named book of the year by the royal society in england it's uh, it's totally astonishing, but it also had a lot of uh, they 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 were there were a lot of people uh, biologists and scientists in in different places uh, that really has elicited uh, criticism about this award. Yes, uh, but I mean that it could be named the book of the year just to begin with is kind of astounding. Uh, uh, you tell me why is this? Politics, I suppose, or maybe 
someone is blackmailing the board of directors or the could it have jurors to, it has something to do with me too i think it could have something to do with that i'm not going to comment on it quite yet no but so she says in the book at on, I think it's location 300, so page 36. By 2012, a lengthy table in an academic behavioral ecology journal listed 39 species from across the animal kingdom in which research had established that female promiscuity brings about greater reproductive success. 18, and while in many of these species, this link is nonetheless stronger for males, Sometimes it's equal, for instance, in the yellow pine chipmunk and the wild eastern something, something. Yeah. So this is something she does all the time. All the time. All the book through, she, she finds one strange species. Species. Some species. Species. Uh, and, and says, okay, it does, this applies for all other species, but not for those. So then we say this is not correct. So it is so quite an interesting technique because yeah. uh, what she says is because biology works this way for the dung beetle, yeah, yeah, uh, biology doesn't matter for humans. Yeah, yeah, that's what she says all the time for two hundred twenty yes, pages. Because one of the does. examples she takes, I think it's not maybe the dung beetle, but there is some beetle that, where the males have two options. They can be born without antlers or with antlers. Yeah. And huge antlers. And so they rest the, the ones with huge antlers, they wrestle other males with huge yeah. antlers yeah. outside of the big entrance to the big cave that the female yeah. digs yeah. Yeah, into the dirt. Yeah. But then the female is smart and she also digs a side entrance yeah. for bugs uh, or males that don't have big antlers. Yeah. So they can take the side entrance. So she can breed for strength or intelligence. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah, so there's only two options for the dung beetle male, and it's basically yeah. hardwired into its biology. Yeah. And she takes this as an example of why, why human biology doesn't matter at all. Yeah, this is, this is so, so strange. But it's also, she also, all the book through, she, she tries to tear down the theory of testosterone rex by saying that, uh, okay, it's not only, uh, as, as a male, you should not only be strong and sort of, uh, yeah, that, that's not the only way to go through with, uh, evolutionary. So the culture needs to, uh, you need other ways or always you don't it's not only the 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 biggest and strongest that survives but this is also obvious it's like Steven Pinker writes about this in in uh, in uh, a blank slate that that the, when it comes to humans and obviously other species as well but but you need different ways uh, evolutionary to to survive one way is you are stronger than the rest. Another one is like you're more intelligent. A third way is you're more uh, funnier, uh, funnier, faster, sympathetic, uh, bigger friendly. breasts, yeah, a lot of yeah, smaller the, breasts, smaller breasts. The, there's all way different ways, but still we go back to Bateman's principle. You can say it's still the male uh, way of reproducing uh, himself is by trying to get as mo uh, as many as possible as, as many as possible and the female way is you can't do that you need to be pickier yes and then she says because of uh, the Bateman principle this is what she believes for real yeah. that men strive for status means that women don't strive for status she completely misunderstands yeah, yeah. the Bateman principle yeah. women still strive and compete amongst themselves yeah, for higher do. status males yeah. So there's still competition the, and status and rank yeah. among females. Yeah. And she takes this up as if it doesn't exist in the what she would call the testosterone paradigm. Yeah. But what I think she does is really she's attacking the foundations of sexual selection, which yeah. is not according to her. She, that's a sub-theory of natural selection, yeah. the Darwinian theory. Yeah. But it's not. It's actually the, the foundational, foundational pillar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it's really, it's also interesting, like, I don't know if you remember the part where she she uh, talks about or writes about uh, when uh, uh, 
if you have a female uh, a, a female that that tells a total stranger would you like to go to bed with me or would I read like it to yes go, and I've uh, seen that experiment because yeah. you know there yeah, were funny like, videos online yeah yeah and, and that's really fun because so let's a, just go through the experiment yeah. first so some experimenters they sent out a boy and a girl separately yeah. Filmed on campus, asking people randomly if yeah, they want so to have they sex had, with had them. The first question was, do you want to go to, on a date with me? Uh, the second question was, do you want to... Uh, come by my ki- place. Come by my place or something. And the third was, do you want to have sex with me? And and when it came to, do you want to go on a date, there were no ge- not so many so much gender difference. It was quite a little, little bit. But when it came to the last question, do you want to have sex with me, you have... All they were all men. Uh, all the men said, "Yeah, okay." Yeah, <laughs> no, no immediately, women. immediately, no yes. women. And the real, the funny part with this is, this is this is an amazing, a, a, a huge difference between men and women. But the way the, the thing Cordelia finds us is, is she explains this by by oh, the women were afraid. That's yes. why, and that's oh, I, I'm 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 giving her the benefit of the doubt. It may very well be that some of the women would like to have sex with this, this guy, but they were afraid. But still, the difference is so huge. It's, it's so There's no overlap. There's no overlap more, whatsoever. Even more than that, she doesn't seem to understand that the risk of rape for women is one of the reasons that they have to be more biologically choosy. Yeah, yeah, of course. So of it course. really so works another, in yeah, tandem. Yeah, yeah, it, it really does. And she never, never ad- addresses that. Because she does, she does <laughs> this fact. trick where she still separates colors. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Culture yeah. and biology. Yeah. Uh, and and they are interacting, and everyone seems to agree with this. Everybody Even bio- knows, hardcore biologists <laughs> agree with this. Everybody knows this, except Cordelia Fine. Yes, and I, I'm and, guessing and the most Royal of, Society, the the jury. Apparently, that is quite interesting, by the way. But it's really fun because this Yayo, the blogger that I talked about, he 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 he, uh, he uh, when he writes uh, this blog post, uh, he he he, he uh, talks about the Occam Razor. Yes, which is really the way you should address this book because it's like he's he writes and and like it's obvious you you, you can always find arguments you can even find arguments for that the earth really actually is flat or that we all were created from Adam and Eve but you in order to have this world order to explain that Okay, the world is flat. You have a lot of flaws all the time. You you have things that don't really fit, but you have sort of okay. We, it's not we, the we fastest way to the simplest solution. No, no. Like, but if you use Occam's razor, the fastest way to the simplest solution is biology matters, testosterone matters, other sexual hormones matters, other substances, other things, genetics matters. This this thing. This is the simplest theory. And you can always find another theory, but it has a lot of lot of holes all all the way through. Like, because you have like to make creation, a lot of presumptions. Is, cre- yeah, you have. Yeah, cre- uh, creationism, flat Earth society. They also have sort of, but they need to. So okay, we explain this by this and this and this, and that's what Cordelia Fine is doing all the way, all the book through. Yeah, she's argumenting by by, com- and she's com- doing it well. By the way. Yes, you think so. I personally don't think so. I take offense with this book. I take of, I, I take offense with it because I think it's it's she she does it in a in in a in a funny way, <laughs> and I think that's why they they, they like it. They so like much. it. No, I I think it suits. And them. that's that's more. I think I, I think, think it suits them, but it, this is really uh, uh, what makes this book so bad because if it would have been. 
written by a person that were not so gifted in in the way of writing and and lying lying it, yes. it w- they would never been able to give her a prize yes but i also think that maybe or at least this is what i want to suspect is that maybe the members of the royal society of, of england or london or the royal society they've got they've grown really tired of these social constructionists and just getting them to get some evolutionary biology into a text is such a huge win for them they're willing to give her a prize for it because <laughs> <laughs> because that's, that's how i felt after way. a while yeah 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 but you get so tired when you read it it's uh, truly amazing she also she seems to um, use the words in short yeah to just dispel with evidence yeah that's what she does all the time it, uh, I, i can quote in short neither promiscuity nor competition are necessarily the preserve of male reproductive success but even when she finds species where Female variants of reproductive su- success is greater. It means that females actually can, you know, uh, make a profit from fucking around. Yeah, yeah. Um, even then, the male variance in that species is higher. Yeah, all the time. Yes, the, the, every and time. She writes it, yeah. but she she ignores it. She ignores it, and she says it disproves the Bateman principle. And she yeah. comes back to this, yeah. and, and every it's, time it's like she disproves fantas- herself. Another fantastic uh, uh, example of the book is when she she writes about that uh, male people are more sensation seeking. They are more aggressive. They uh, they do more harmful stuff, which is. Obviously true. I don't know if you're familiar with the char- the Darwin Award. I am quite yeah, familiar with it. It's often. one of the few uh, points of light in my life. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darwin Award is uh, for for the listener who doesn't know uh, who don't know uh, the the be- I don't know how they phrase it, but it's the be- the 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 best think- way this year to to get rid of yourself your, to, to the, sort of uh, exclude yourself from the gene pool and, ex- and ex- thus contributing yeah. to it, human it, development ju- yes <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's always men yes. it's always 100% of the time because men live more dangerously they take more risks and what cordelia fine says oh this is just because you have a, a, a narrow way of defining risk and then she starts uh, comparing uh, the the risk for your life with baking of a souffle really i remember that part it's no. so it's it's so hilarious when she says okay maybe men die more from living dangerous lives but women they may bake a souffle just before the guests arrive on a big dinner party and that's really a risk. T- that's a risk yes. <laughs> it's an embarrassment yes. but what she does there uh, with this example is saying okay it's different because men wouldn't mind whatsoever if the souffle wasn't puffy w- enough wasn't puffy enough so what she really says she 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 argue, her argument is is saying that there's a huge difference between men and women from the beginning. Yes, and that's what's so fascinating because when you when you come down to like her basic points it seems that she is reinforcing uh gender stereotypes on every single page she writes. Yeah. And she's also calling for um you know uh sex or sexual morals to be reinvoked. But only for men, because she only says for it's men. okay not... with women to be promiscuous, but not men. Yes, she has. And, and what's funny is she, she re- refers sometimes in her Bateman critique to Swedish biologists Malin A. King and Ingrid, Ingrid Anesjö and let them su- sum it up. And they sum it up uh, like this. Parental care, they note, seems less flexible, but even this can sometimes vary within a species. For example, in some troops of wild Japanese macaque monkeys, Adult males protect, carry, and groom one- and two-year-old infants. So here again, she takes an example uh, from science. So I looked these people up because they're Swedish, right? Yeah. yeah. So and you sent do... it to me, so I, uh, I saw it. Yes. And, I mean, it was quite obvious. Uh, once again, we meet uh, the Swedish 
State Secretariat for Gender Research. Yeah. The gender religion, you mean? Yes, precisely. Uh, A Swedish government agency who gets 1.7 billion Swedish crowns a year to to promote uh, what they called, in in Swedish, it's called gender science. So it isn't even called gender research or gender studies. It's actually called science. I know. Yeah, and it's just uh, state-funded. And so are these biologists. So their work is, to say the least, suspect. Yeah. Yeah. And I will include the pictures of these two um, researchers, if you would like to call them that. I certainly wouldn't. I, I, in the I description of the episode beneath yeah. the episode on Patreon. So in the book, she writes, among other things, she says that, I quote, I learned a plethora of words for women who had a lot of sexual partners. Slag, slapper, slut, floozy, tramp, tart, loose, easy, prosy, bike, whore, and only one for men. Gigolo. Yeah, yeah, which I, always I seem to that. carry an air of humorous accomplishment somehow, which is fine. And there are probably fewer words for man whore than there is for female whore. Yeah. But I mean, gigolo is not the only one. Toy boy, fuck boy, yeah. man slut, yeah. seducer, she, she Casanova. She didn't do her research very well there. Mm-hmm. Don Juan, lady killer. I can go on and oh, no, on no, no, and no. on. And let's go to the last one. Rapist. So yeah. um, there's basically just a plethora of lies throughout every chapter of this book. Yeah, yeah it is, it, it is uh, only based on lies. or uh, Lies and uh, even more, I would say, uh, lack of of uh, relevant research that does not go in line with what she wants to say. So she, she, she either doesn't know about it, that there is a lot of research done, or she ignores it. No, I don't think she ignores it. I think she willfully lies because she's painted in herself into a corner uh, where her entire income is based upon this lie. All her followers, all her friends, all her relationships are tied yeah, up but, into but this lie. That explains why she wrote the book, but it doesn't explain why Royal Society gave her a prize. That is true. I did find the quote, however. Uh, quote, from this we can consider a couple of ideas. The first is that perhaps an updating of gendered norms of chivalry could usefully be made. So she wants to reinvoke, you know, I guess feudal society? (laughs) Because that's where chivalry comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Uh, Her next quote here, solicitude and generosity be redirected to the bedroom instead. The second is that some of the gap between the sexes in enthusiasm for casual sex might close if the event left men sexually frustrated the majority of the time, but women almost invariably enjoyed full sexual release here she's arguing that it would be better if society reversed the roles for casual sex so that men never enjoyed casual sex and women and men enjoyed full have, orgasms have, have a, every time n- men could never have an or- orgasm okay good luck what how how, sh- how is she going to do that well i'll tell you because actually <laughs> She has a suggestion further down in the last chapter that you wanted me to read uh, extra diligently. Yeah. Yes. So in the last chapter, she suggests, because it turns out that if you take uh, mice away from their mother and put the father in a cage with the little mouse baby, the father will, after a while in the cage, start mothering the child, or at least parenting the child. So... Cordelia finds solution is to put all men in cages and when women have children, put the babies in prison with their parents or or their fathers. That would do the trick, I think. Yes, but it is kind of an extreme solution. Yeah, but it, to it, it is what with, most with, people with don't ex- even consider a problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's <laughs> That that is a fine summary of the book. I would say uh, that there's no problem here. Men and women are different from the beginning. We live together. It's fine. We have some problems, but if we lock up all men, and uh, the women will 
do whatever they do and we lock them up, like you said. And then the, the male will probably, if they have a kid in the jail, they will take care of the kid. Yes. And, but yeah, but this is so strange. This is, it's like they've taken a cue from the Islamists, but then turned it around. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm going to have four wives. I'm going to lock them up. They can never walk outside. Yeah. They're going to tend for the children. And I mean, in most human society, sure, women did stay home with the children, but they weren't necessarily locked up with the children. No. They had the fucking privilege to be home with the children. Yeah. While the man wasn't enjoying male white privilege, he was toiling the field yeah. to support his offspring. Often really under a, a circumstances that were dangerous and like... Dangerous, uh, dangerous, poor, brutish, poor, and short. Brutish, yeah. Yes. And now she wants to reverse all that by taking the worst example of how males have treated females and yeah. do the same to all males. Yeah. Are you sure she wants that? No. Well, she writes it in her book. I know, but I think you have to give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she just did it rhetorically to to be funny. <laughs> yes, maybe. Or... Maybe uh, she's it, she maybe she's an ideologically dangerous person who doesn't accept rational argument. And when you have presented that, that we don't need to argue about that, she is. no. But that's the point because yeah, that's, the point. that's the proper paradox of tolerance. Yeah. If your opponent doesn't accept rational arg argument, but still wants to violently reshape society, then you have the right to take up arms against that individual. Yeah. So. In essence, Cordelia Fine has written a book giving me permission to hit her in the head with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, I, I would like to. Could we go see what happens if you do? <laughs> well, you, I, I would probably be arrested. Probably you, you would. Probably you would. Which is sexism. <laughs> <laughs> Because if there is no biological difference between men and women, there should be no law against me hitting her. No, of course not, because uh, that is if she she's she wants to, to imprison me and my child. Yeah, if she wants to imprison you and your child without the mother, that is to, that, just that is get, not implied. That is explicitly written in yeah, her yeah, book. Yeah, no, no. Uh, then, then you may have to defend yourself. Obviously, I totally obviously. <laughs> So in the last chapter that you wanted me to, to really delve into, she, she states that the gender development system of psychology and social science achieves what prenatal testosterone cannot do. She says that social constructionism yep. explains everything yeah. that testosterone Does, tries to explain. Tries to explain, yeah. But well, there, once again, she's totally wrong. Uh, and we don't need to to argue about it because all the research says that she's totally wrong and she she in the last chapter she 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 goes back to her own arguments in previous chapters all the time to say like I said in this chapter like I said in this chapter but the problem is that she never never uh, in any of the previous chapters really slaughters the testosterone paradigm thesis she never does it It, it 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 still holds but she just says like we started this conversation she with this straw man uh version of arguments where she she uh, goes back to say that there may if i think she also writes about this uh where female that have uh, the problems with their adrenal glands. Uh, C-A-H. C-A-H, exactly. Uh, and and that, which is always used as, an, as a, a powerful, not, not proof, but nearly a proof of the difference between men and women. And she uses it, twists it, twists it. Uh, she twists it. Twists it. <laughs> Totally, totally reverse it to say that this, since there, since, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with CAH. It's like uh, these women uh, that have a lot of testosterone, they become more like men. When they're like in more. utero, when they're in the yeah, yeah, mommy's in, in, in tummy. Yeah, yeah. And, and they are more like, they, they behave more like, like boys. Uh, and this is a quite valid strong argument saying that testosterone really do 
matter. But she turns it around in some strange way to say that this is no, it doesn't really. And I don't, I never understood how she, how she did that, it, she, because the only thing she really did was saying, because I say so. Yes, like I showed. I'm trying to find the. the See the, if you can find it. Yes, as you might recall from chapter four, CAH is a condition in which very high levels of androgens are produced yeah. in utero, yeah. and from here it's just a few short steps to the conclusion that sex inequality is natural and inevitable. But since testosterone rex is extinct, we need an other yeah. explanation of what's the, going on. Yes, yeah, she the, just. Can we talk about it? Let's talk Okay, so this okay, is so, this is how she does it. She says, as you might recall from chapter four, CAH is a condition in which very high levels of androgens are produced in utero. And from here, it's just a few short steps to the conclusion that sex inequality is natural and inevitable. But since testosterone rex is extinct, we need another explanation of what's going on. That's so amazing. So so what she does is, which this is one of, uh, not one of many strong cases that support testosterone rex. Yes. But she doesn't even no, take she just, the argument. She just jumps over it. Yes. So, okay, we do, since it is extinct, because, because she I says, said so, yes. because I said so, then I don't need to, to bother with this little dilemma no. that this is the case. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so amazing. Uh, and so, yeah. Um, and, and she does that all the time. She comes to the conclusion in the book that apparently we're all for sex equality. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I think she's right. I mean, yeah, even that, though that, she started that, the book by saying she's for equality of outcome, not, not gender equality, gender. which is something completely totally different. Yes. So, but, but what she, she states is it could take a hundred years or more for this change to actually take place. So we have to settle for a half-changed world the one we live in now, where women and men have equal opportunities, yeah. but they don't, to a 50-50% degree, become engineers or nurses. No. Exactly. So, we have discussed this in Swedish, you and I. Ye- yes, we have. equality principle. And you discussed it with Harald Eja. Yes, and Christina Hoff Summers. And Christina Hoff Summers And Brendan O'Neill. And Brendan O'Neill, I know. Yes. So so you've discussed it a lot, so we don't need to go into that. I think you as a listener by now know the difference between gender equity and gender equality. So anyway, she states that if neither of these options of just waiting and see, that's my addendum, uh, is appealing, then maybe it's time, and these are her words, to be less polite and more disruptive. Like the first and second wave feminists, they weren't always popular. It's true. But look at what they achieved by not asking nicely. And then she concludes, which of these directions we prefer is up to us. It's a question for our values, not science. But that evolving science is showing that one time honored option is no longer available to us. It's time to stop blaming testosterone Rex. Because that king is dead. Yeah, no. So she hasn't disproved testosterone rex. She decided before she set out that testosterone is not the defining factor in sex or gender difference. And that, she states that in the beginning of the book. Yeah, it's, and that's an extremely chapter. unscientific way yeah, that, to start a book. Because yeah, you, you've reached that, your that, conclusion that's the beforehand. That's way gender theory always is. That they say, like, gender theory is based on the... the uh, the axiom, axiom that that uh, there's no all differences between men and women are social constructs. There are no biological differences. That's what they say. As a the 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 the, the starting point of gender theory, and uh, that's what she does as well. Yes. But the problem is that that's not how it's. That's not what research says. That's what gender religion says. But you admired this book anyway as a sort of uh, intellectual acrobatics. I admire the book because it's it's so obviously wrong from page 1 to page 220. And if you and I would not have the know the things that we knew before we read the book, 
it would have been it would sound really convincing and convincing so it is a book that should have a price for like you said propaganda price it's it's really an amazing piece of propaganda i see and i don't I, i don't know if you agree because i i totally agree that this is a terrible book i think it's just because it is so well written that's the that's the worst part of the book if it were like many of the swedish gender uh religious uh not cases not cases would have written it it would have, it, it would not be troublesome but it is a troublesome book because it's really well written and it's really funny at, in, in parts as well yes she at one point she uh, uh refers to the family dog and says it's going to die and she toys with the idea of uh uh castrating it and using its balls as a keychain ring Yeah, I know. No. That sounds like a very funny person who you'd like to hang around with. I would say that this person is, uh, if it would have been a man uh, who who had that kind of joke, you would uh, call him a psychopath. Without a doubt. Without and a, and doubt. a lot of the prescriptions she prescribes, or at least a lot of the solutions she prescribes, uh, are obviously authoritarian, o- collectivist. Obvi- obviously, but she gets away with it by being a woman. I think she does. So that's uh, where one of the sex differences between men and, w- men and women actually work to a woman's advantage. Extreme advantage. And I think it might be uh, biological. So do I. <laughs> Thank you for coming, David. Thank you. Thank you for listening to me and my guest, David Eberhardt. This podcast is called Deconstructive Criticism, but in Swedish, so it's really Deconstructive Critique. And links to David's personals, Fine's book, and the articles mentioned can be found below the episode on Patreon. Thank you for being a Patreon, swishing me at 076-894-3737, 076-894-3737, or donating bitcoins to the address written below in the description to this episode. I also want to remind you that it is per your request that I made t-shirts to symbolize the spirit of this podcast. A red t-shirt with the upbeat message, Crush Socialism, written in Swedish across the chest and the clarification, Socialism is evil, dotted with a heart on the back. Buy one. Remember that with every purchase being an active act of capitalism, we get closer to crushing socialism for good. There's also a blue t-shirt with deconstructive critique and this podcast's slogan, Your feelings are hurting my thoughts, written on the chest. They are fantastically stylish, if you ask me. So please go into my webpage, www.aaronflam.com slash merchandise, and buy one or two. Until you hear from me next, have a good unit of time.